like, I might forget your name, but I very rarely forget an experience. And experiences always kind of like stay with me. But if you have a parent, a parent that is significantly older than you, you probably have a parent that remembers experiences too, because they always tell you about it. You, when I was a kid, we used to walk. <laughs> but you better be happy you got to wash and dry in your house. I used to have to lug all your stuff on my back, 28 miles. You know, like you just hear that story over and over and over. Today, as we dive into our text to be able to hear God's encouragement to us for our vision for 2020, we're going to hear a story that's just supposed to be told over and over and over again. Would you turn with me to Acts chapter 1? Love you, James. I know you're going to slide out the back, but I just wanted to say that, brother. We turn to Acts chapter 1. As we start in this book, Jesus has been crucified. He has now risen, and he has conquered death. He meets up with the disciples and reveals himself to them and he talks with them and he teaches them and then he says something he says something in chapter 1 verse 8 and we're just going to talk about how this plays out same thing three different ways acts chapter 8 excuse me acts chapter 1 verse 8 but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Power, power. This, this God who has just conquered death looks at these people and he doesn't give them just gifts. He doesn't say, I'm just going to give you prophecy, or I'm just going to give you uh, the abilities to do these different things. What I'm going to give you is power. I'm going to empower you. And this power is going to be for a certain purpose. This power is for the purpose of glorifying my name, showing who I am, bearing witness to who I am. And what's supposed to happen from this point on, in the book of Acts, in the book of Ephesians, in the book of any, any book you consider, from this point on, what's supposed to happen is this story of the people getting power to be witness is to get told over and over and over again. Sometimes when you hear a story a lot, you begin to get kind of bored with it like really the gospel again but in but in acts chapter one and chapter two the effects of people getting power to be god's witness gets expressed in three different ways look with me verse four they were all filled with the holy spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave utterance in chapter 2. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Listen what's happening. So everybody's now empowered to be able to bear witness to Jesus. The first expression we get is this, this miracle experience where there's a bunch of men together. There was 120 then they had to dwindle down a bit and choose a disciple to replace Judas. So they, they picked Matthias, and now there's the 12. And Jesus allows the Spirit to come forward, dwell on these men. And then these men begin to do something that's a little bit crazy. They begin speaking in tongues. And you might try to define what tongues is. Let's just be all clear. Tongues is not what you usually speak. And so they speak in tongues and everybody's like, what's, what's going on with those folks? Why are they talking like that? What's happening here? And what happens is 
there's a, a the Feast of Pentecost. Everybody's traveled from all over to be able to come to town. This is like what I talked about last week, Techno Fest, Jazz Fest, uh, Shawarma Fest, all the fests <laughs> built into one and everybody is present. So now you got a lot of different languages present. A lot of different cultures present. While we might have a similar faith in that we came to celebrate this festival, how we speak, how we interact, how we dialogue is different. And what happens is the spirit touches these men, and now everybody can understand the gospel in their own language. It's a miracle. It's a beautiful miracle. It's one that testifies to the power of God in their life, the power of the Holy Spirit on them and them being able to be witnesses. See, it's just another retelling of that initial story of 1-8. This time it's told through the display of a miracle. A miracle allows you to understand this story that gets to be retold and retold and retold. But you know, oftentimes, when something miraculous happens, you're going to have a doubter in the club, right? A doubter in the crew. And somebody says, all oh, these dudes speaking in tongues, look at them. They must be drunk. Some, they must be on that mm-hmm. And so somebody, Peter responds. Excuse me, in, in, in Acts 2, 13 and 14, somebody mocks him and says, they're all filled with that new wine. But then in verse 14, Peter responds, standing with the eleven around him, lifts up his voice and addresses them and says, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my word. So the first expression of this power that was to bear witness to God came through a miracle. Now Peter's going to allow this power that comes forth to be able to witness to God to be manifested through preaching. Look at what Peter says in verse 17 quotes Joel and says and in the last days it shall be God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams so if you were to slide down to verse 22 he says that that gospel phrase that we've all had to come to a point of wrestling with and he says and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved. See, the first expression of power from God falling on these people and them being able to be witnesses, the first expression was a miracle. Everybody heard tongues. But there was a couple haters in the crew. The second expression now is simply the preaching of God's word giving you clarity to understand this Jesus and what he is expecting of you, who he is and what he has conquered on your behalf. The second expression is, is, is God-centered preaching. Verse 23, he said, this Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men, God raised him up, loosening the pains of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. What happens when you hear a message like that? What happens when you hear a message that talks about your salvation, you being able to have new life, that you've been saved from death? Verse 37. People were cut to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let me ask you, if, if salvation, if, if being empowered and then being a witness of Jesus is going to happen to you, which one would you choose? Would you choose hearing something preached and then you accepting faith? Or would you choose a miracle 
and then you're accepting faith. I'm staying on this side. I don't know about you. Maybe that's my flesh coming out. I just like miracles. Sorry. <laughs> I, 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 lean, I lean on the miracle side. I want something. Whoa, did you see that? You understood that? I understood that too. We don't even know, dude. You know, like language. That... And so we get from the text that God is empowering and in empowering his whole goal is that we would be able to be witnesses, but we are shown two different ways in which that is displayed. The first one was a miracle. The second was a sermon. The third it's going to be a lifestyle. Look at me. Look with me to verse 42. And I want to mnemonically get you to remember this. Can you say 242? 242. 242. 242. 242. And so, and starting in verse 42, chapter 2 of verse 42, chapter 2, verse 42. <laughs> Two, four, two. Come on. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts and praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day. Four key principles that you'll find within these verses. Y'all know them because we just talked about this same vision in September. All I had to do but say, God, help me to repackage it because we're not going to shift and go a whole new way four months later. So we're still on these same verses that we had in September that we cast vision for. But I believe God wanted to encourage us with a different perspective on it. Because you see here, there's four key principles to help you understand what it looked like to be filled and have the power of the Lord with you while you are witnessing. Four key aspects. Fellowship, prayer, evangelism, and teaching. Fellowship, prayer, evangelism, and teaching. Yeah. So I, I know we usually have our kids uh, might jump out to to the, the kids' time, that kids, but they're present here. So uh, for my kids, how many of you, can you raise your hand if you like tests? Brian was like, what'd you say? Uh, you, he couldn't say a test because he said like. So <laughs> See, a, a, a test in school is one of those things that gauges whether you are able to gather or understand the content. Whether you were being able to wrap your mind around what was being taught. A test determines that there is a right and a wrong. You see, our, our God loves us enough to say that I want you to constantly be digging from the well that is me. But I don't want you to simply understand it from hearing from one another. Though we are to sharpen one another, I want you to do it by learning my word. By being deeply connected to who I am through my gospel. And so teaching is a core aspect of who we are as believers. So he gives us these, these four tenets of, of, of teaching, of fellowship, to do life with one another in a way where you are better because of the Jesus in me and I'm better because of the Jesus in you. Fellowship is not simply friendship. Because friendship you can do without Jesus. You see, fellowship is one where we are trying to sharpen each other for a kingdom purpose. And though it might have some similar connections, some similarities, there is a Jesus dynamic that causes me to have to do stuff that I might not want to do in fellowship. I'm naturally tall. So I would hang out with Roy all the time because we both tall brothers. I finally got somebody I can look eye to eye. You know? 
But then it, God had the nerve to make some people short. <laughs> you know? But family, let, let's, if we could be real, there are people who we might not naturally gravitate towards. And God says, shame on you. Like, like, that is your brother or your sister in Christ, and you are called to love them well, to get to know them well, and let them know you well for the sake of we being one. You see, he gives these principles of teaching, these principles of fellowship, these principles of prayer. I have been so blown away by this congregation. Before we started the kind of new flow of prayer, folks were praying in their homes and different stuff. We would pray in our map groups and uh, really have been encouraged uh, during the years that Rebecca and I were in map group uh, by knowing that if something went down, I just knew I had an immediate six or seven people. We could just text, right? Boom, this is going down. Can y'all be praying? Like that, that is a true blessing. But I gotta say, man, this 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 once a month, like kicking off the month in prayer corporately at the church has been just so life-giving for for a number of people, but I'm just sorry for me too. <laughs> it is just amazing when you get the people of God together and you hear one person praying for children. You're like, oh yeah, I should be praying for that. Another person prays for homes. Another, oh yeah, I should be another person praying for fathers. As we another person prays for mothers, another person praying for singles. And, and it's just, before you know it, you've seen like corporately, we've almost covered everything. And I don't have to do that alone. I get to do that in fellowship with my sisters and my brother. These are core elements of what it means to live out the gospel. But, but when we are doing that, when we are studying God's word and we are praying together and we are um, fellowshipping together, it's just a natural effect that we're going to talk about Jesus to somebody who might not know him. That this, this God who is our all might get shared with somebody who, who doesn't know him. And so it's crazy that in this last section, it says in verse 47, And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved, in verse 47. Now you get, you get three different expressions. The story is retold again and again that the Holy Spirit fell on them, gave them power so they can witness. The Holy Spirit fell on them, gave them power so they can witness. The Holy Spirit fell on them, gave them power so that they can witness. And he did it through a miracle. Everybody could understand through tongues. And it was flowing and people understood the gospel. He did it through preaching. Where he encouraged the people to understand the plight of Jesus on their behalf. But then he did it through a congregation living out those four ways of the Lord. I, I, if I could choose, I would choose the miracle every time. I would choose the miracle. And why? Because the miracle is attractive. It grabs your attention. It, 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 it wakes you up to something out of the norm. Selfishly, as a pastor, I might even choose preaching every time. Because then I might get my head a little bit bigger. I don't know if it can fit through too many shirts, but it might even get bigger than this. <laughs> Selfishly, I choose preaching. But I love that God also says the body, as the body prays, as the body fellowships, as the body serves and cares through one another through fellowship, as the body shares the gospel. As the body reads the Bible, the gospel goes forth. So in 2020, that's just the church we want to be. In 2020, that's the people we want to be. Not for the sake of numbers, but for the sake of faithfulness. We, we can only do our part. We can't make a miracle happen. We also can't make a person come to faith through a, through a sermon. We can operate in fellowship. We can pray together. We can read God's word. We can serve and love each other obediently. Evangelizing and taking the gospel outside of these walls. 
And so we are just recommitting, doubling down in the year of 2020 to be about Acts 2.42. We are just saying, what does it look like to serve faithfully, to, to love people as God would? And so I'm asking you all humbly to allow somewhat of a, a um, visual image to help you remember these things, okay? So Acts 2.42. Can you say that with me? 2.42? 242. Amen. 2.42. So Acts 2.42 is going to be our theme verse for the year of 2020. And I'm asking you to allow those numbers to communicate a couple of things to you. So first, I would like you to, you can go to that next one, my brother. Uh, that looks real cool. We're going to go to that next one, too. <laughs> so I would like for you to see that each of these numbers is going to represent a way that we hope to live out the gospel this year. Okay? So first, the two is going to represent two principles. Loving God, loving one another. All the commandments can be summed up in those two. Loving God, Loving one another. Well, pastor, how do, how do I do that? What does it look like for me to love God and to love one another? Well, I'll give you four ways that you can do that. <laughs> Go to that next slide, brother, so we can see it all. You can do that through fellowship, getting in God's word, teaching, through prayer, and through evangelism. How do I love God and love others? Through fellowship, Teaching, prayer, and evangelism. And then lastly, we're asking for you to select two people over the course of the year that you want to invest in for the sake of the kingdom. Because start off two people right now that you already know. Man, we've been praying already. Christmas allowed us to connect with some families. These two families we're just going to commit to over this next year, and it's going to be on might be somebody that you got one in mind and another one doesn't come up until June. Or you might need to come to your pastoral leadership and say, hey, no guilt, no shame at all. Pastor, could you help me find someone? And we've got lists of folks, some amazing families with Mac Lit and Mac Sports, some amazing families that have come through uh, through our, our, our um, what's the thing we paint on the face? Harvest party. Harvest party. Come on, y'all. <laughs> The visitors are like, oh, no, what's that? <laughs> the harvest party, you know? Like we, we have families that we connect with, but we don't want this to be overwhelming. But we also want to kind of just set an, an encouragement towards us having a posture of evangelism. And so now what does two people look like for you? I don't know. It might be bring them over. Boom, let's talk. I need to tell you about Jesus. That might be how you flow. I, I love that posture from some of us because like me, like I'm an excuse evangelist. Like, dang, she was biting her nails. I can't talk to her about Jesus right now. <laughs> Tying his shoe again, dang. You know, like, like I, I have excuses why I can't share my faith. And then like, I, but maybe you do it through, like there's a variety of ways. So, so you're not going to hear the right way from your elders. You're not going to hear the only way from your elders. What you'll hear is an encouragement. An encouragement, not a requirement. End of the year, if you haven't, if, if one of these people in fellowship who love you say, hey, how's it going just trying to love on somebody intentionally? Did you guys identify your two families? No, we didn't. Oh, okay, like, just curious to know that journey. What, what happened? Not like, dang, you didn't? Man, what's wrong with y'all? Like, we, we, that's not how we roll here, family, right? That's right. We're going to walk with each other, encourage each other, hold each other accountable, but we're not going to guilt each other, and we're not going to condemn each other, because this is not a rule. This is an invitation as a church to be missional. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, 242. Two principles. Love God and love others. Four ways that we do that. Fellowship, teaching, prayer, and evangelism. And two people that we're going to invest in. All right? 
during the year 2020. Amen. So she said, can you help somebody else if they need help with their people? Can you go ahead and piggyback and jump with them? Yeah, that'll work. No. <laughs> yeah, you definitely can. We fam. That's how we do. You know what I mean? That's how we do. We ride together. We, we yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yep. That was just the, the flesh in me like everybody get there too. You know what I mean? I'm just messing with you. Amen. Amen. So family, uh, I, I, I do want to pause because I, I want to invite anyone who, who says, man, I don't understand that power. I don't know why someone would want to be a, like a witness. What is a witness? A witness is someone that's willing to like testify to what they know of or what they've experienced. And these individuals experienced Jesus and many of us in here have experienced Jesus and some people have not. And I don't want to assume that you're walking with the Lord. We want to always pause and give people the opportunity to, to experience true power. Power is not based on your strength or your wallet or your influence. Power is based on a loving, living God who dwells within you and he will use even your weaknesses as strength in this world. And so you do not have to come and experience Jesus and all the power that he gives. You don't have to come being whole already or being full already or being put together already. He actually wants you to come as you are. And I guarantee you, you're broken. Because we all are broken in need of one Savior who puts our lives back together. And trust me, when he puts it back together, it's way more beautiful than any of us ever could. That's the Jesus we want you to experience. That's the God that we're willing to say, I'll take out some of my time, some of my money, some of my energy. I'll take time out of my life over the next year to pour into two people that they would know that reality. If it's you today and you would love to start, want to start, don't even know how to start, but want to walk with Jesus, you can come forward at any time. Just walk down this aisle. But we're also going to have a time of communion. And uh, during that time, I'll be standing up here to the side, and you can just simply come up, talk with me, and say, I want to follow Jesus. We would love to walk with you on that journey. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for us. Lord, we do indeed celebrate you. You are good. You are amazing. And you have been our refuge. Continue, Lord to awaken us so that we might know how to serve you best. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, you know what? I'll set y'all up. Yo, we, still got, we still got about 15, so y'all good. And um, James, I had like this list of everything in order, and then I left it in my office, I think. So I'm going to follow the slides, but I just want y'all to see um, some of the cool stuff we try to hook you up with so you can remember 242, you know what I'm saying? I would take all the design credit and the cutting out credit, but that's all Jenny. So um, thank you, sister, for hooking us up, as always. But fam, we do want to just put one on your dashboard, put another one on the fridge, and let's uh, be about loving God and loving others this year and living it out through fellowship, teaching, prayer, and evangelism. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, the next one is we just want to remind you that we took a break off of our foundations of the faith uh, focus. We were talking about everything from scripture. Uh, next week we'll be talking about prayer. And fam, we just are excited to have, have you continue on this journey with us. Uh, we don't have that many more. Um, so we'll be doing a book of the Bible afterwards, which uh, we'll be presenting to you all. But just want to remind you of those uh fundamental lessons that we've been excuse me, uh, going through uh, and excited to continue to encourage the saints in that regard. Uh, family, as you all know, um, we've had some amazing times of listening to our body. We did a community survey, a church family survey, and then we also had a discipleship retreat where we uh, listened and uh, we heard some amazing things from our body. And uh, one of them was, hey, this church 
uh, we love, but we also don't know uh, the biblical stance of the church as it relates to women in ministry, specifically in the roles of leadership. And so we as a, an elder team have been listening and we are starting a process that we wanted to bring you guys into. Uh, the process is going to start this month. Uh, we're going to have a monthly meeting. Uh, and just to let you know, this is just a short explanation. In your packet, there is a letter that actually details this in, in greater fashion. We'd love for you guys to read that, read that at home. Um, because ultimately what we want y'all is just to remember like everything we do is out of celebration to the Lord and to one another. Right? Like everything we do is out of celebration to the Lord and to one another. So if that's the case, I should be able to have a conversation with you where maybe we both agree on the same thing and it go well. And I should be able to have a conversation with you if we disagree and it still go well. Because we both love Jesus and we both want each other's good. And we both, so even as we set the like tone for this, it's a tone of mutual celebration from all aspects. There's people on that have a variety of views of what women in leadership looks like in churches. And we are grateful for each of you being present. We're going to extend grace as we, as we go down this journey. Amen. 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 And so, um, sorry, go back up, brother. I had that first one. Well, we're going to have a meeting monthly. Um, then we're going to be uh, reading some books and some commentaries, uh, as well as digging deeply in the scriptures. Um, we will be inviting some women to some of the discussions that we have, uh, because we value um, the, the voice of women. And uh, then we also are going to have um, a, just a time of bringing the body along on a journey. And we're going to share with you guys some of the things we are learning, uh, present the doctrinal position, uh, and as well, we're going to listen and hear back from the congregation. So um, we, we are currently a complementarian church body, uh, and we have been for some time. But right now, we as elders are um, assessing that to, to just make sure that we are properly presenting unto the church uh, a gospel-centered vision of celebrating him through all people and uh, we think that that should not be something that you just hear about in a sermon, but you should actually have something that's written clear and that you can celebrate and also be able to uh, hold us accountable to and challenge if you needed to. So uh, we are thankful for your, for your patience, y'all, because um, y'all been riding with us for some time. We've been talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. Thank you. We, we, we do not take your patience for granted. Um, and we're excited to, to dive in. Amen? Amen. Amen. So please read that one uh, when you get home as well. And then my good brother, um, y'all know we started this beautiful church with like four pastors and then like a, a number of pastors left for different good reasons. And the, most recently, Pastor E left to go get his PhD. And so now... Um, I'm honored to serve you. Uh, but what I'm realizing is it would be great to have some help. And so um, we're just praying through what that looks like and positioning ourselves budget-wise to be able to hire someone if God brings the right person along. I say that to say I love what I get to do and I love y'all. I don't need help because y'all are like stressing us or anything crazy like we, we want to be able to position ourselves to continue advancing things like, 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 if I can be honest, we do a lot as a church, amen? amen. amen. We, we do a lot as a church. And we've gone down in the staff to be able to do that, but actually kind of the busiest time ever in our church history. Amen. And so I'm just wanting to get the uh, a little bit of help so that as I think we're probably going to be doing more, I'm trusting that God will let us do more, that, that we'd have somebody that uh, brings forth Christ-centered character uh, and can, can be a blessing to this congregation um, as God advances things. Amen? So we don't, we don't have no names in mind. We don't have, like, everything's not, we're just getting, preparing you as we walk through this journey to say, fam, have this on your radar. Amen? Amen. Amen. 
Um, the, so, hold on, we gotta show, we gotta show that picture, brother. Oh. <laughs> Everybody wanna buy that house. The sky looks so beautiful. So, um, <laughs> okay, so, um, <laughs> as you guys know, next door, uh, we purchased the house and we've been uh, in the process of renovating it. And so the Lord has allowed us to, um, here's go, go keep this going here through them all, brother. Um, it was filled to the brim. Charles hooked us up. Uh, some missions teams helped us clear it out. Uh, we had a ton of stuff in it. Some, and then, so right now, it's pretty much in this stage where it's like stripped down and we have electricians putting in all new electrical. They're about halfway through. We have uh, new furnaces, heating and cooling. Uh, well, heating right now. The AC units will go in in spring as soon as it warms up. Um, and uh, the plumber is halfway through. So we're trying to get all the mechanicals up to date first, uh, and then we're gonna move forward with interior work. So just letting you guys know, like, it's a slow go, uh, but we're steadily moving things forward, and we thank you for your support of us uh, being able to just make something that was literally next to us and abandoned um, now a, a, a livable space where new life can happen out of it, and we're, we're thankful for your support in that, Mac fam. Amen. Amen. And then the park across the street, um, like I named it that. Sorry, we, I don't think we're going to call it Mac Park. I would actually love to like maybe gauge the um, uh, like history of the block from the neighbors and maybe like name it after the most senior person on the block that raised every, you know, like something like that. But that's, that's just me. We'll see what we do. Um, but so the process has just gone longer than we expected. No, I'll take that back. Nate knew the process was gonna take a long time. I thought we would be done in a day, you know what I'm saying? So uh, it's just, it, takes, it takes more time, but we have been steadily moving forward, talking with the city. Um, from what we believe, we'll be able to, um, we're just steadily moving forward. I'll just say that. And, and, uh, God and the faithful, and our hope is to find, at the end get to this point, and uh, yeah, we're just steadily moving forward. So uh, continue to keep it in prayer. Um, I know our kids will love it when we get to this day, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see God continue to bring forth transformation in our community. So as I talk about transformation, I actually want to bring up a sister who's led a lot of transformation in our community. It is our amazing executive director, Phaedra. So come on up, my sister. And I have a companion. This is Robin, my six-year-old. Those of you who haven't met her. Okay. Yes, I don't get to go on any stages by myself. <laughs> Welcome to parenthood. Um, so church, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I do want to just highlight some of the blessings that our community has seen um, since my transition. I see my predecessor in the back. Um, yeah, yeah. Hey, Zeke, how you doing? <laughs> um, so if we can advance to the next slide. Um, okay, yeah. all right, here we are. Okay. So um, our lovely board of directors and some of us are here. Some of you. Okay. All right. Our lovely board of directors, and some of them are here with us now. So if you currently sit on the board of directors for Mac Development, can I have you stand, please? We're going to go back to our roots of projecting our voices. Um, I do truly want to give my board a round of applause again because they've worked so diligently. Um, and the last six months has been interesting. Um, we have seen a great deal of challenges, um, but they have risen to the occasion at any given time. Thank you all. Amen. Um, yeah. And then the next slide is truly um, my favorite slide. My staff. Yeah. If I could have the Mac Development staff stand. Um, Charles, mm -hmm. Eden. Yeah. Grace, no Applause because when I say they are the backbone Woo. for all of the work that I do, 
Um, for those of you who don't know what the executive director does, we deal with problems and then ask people for money to deal with those problems. Um, my staff are truly the experts in the community. Um, very rarely do I ever have to step in to do any programmatic work, but they welcome me into doing that. They, they want me to learn about everything that MAC development has to offer. Um, they do that from a loving place, knowing that um, part of my job is a balance between um, accountability, which is all of the operation stuff that an executive director has to do, like um, navigating the insurance claim when you have someone make some <laughs> renovations to your new building. Um, but they do that with care and class, and I couldn't ask for a better and more welcoming team um, than the one that I have. Amen. Amen. Next slide. Next slide. Okay, so MAC development. As of September 1st, those are our, our accomplishments. We have served over 200 children in our MAC sports program mm -hmm. across soccer, flag football. We have also added cheerleading and volleyball. So I want to give a special shout out to our director of MAC sports, which is Mr. Roger Walden. He's yeah. not here with us today, but when I say that man works hard from sunup to sundown, and he will run every position. If he needs to be a ref, he needs to be a coach, he needs to run <laughs> concessions, he is there. Um, yeah. We have also oh, we have canvassed nearly thirteen thousand people. So you all know who's responsible for that, right? <laughs> so we gonna let her stand up one more time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I am surprised that those shoes still have a soul because <laughs> after thirteen thousand homes, thirteen thousand neighbors, on top of everybody who comes into the comments for everything else that we represent, whether it be um, someone who needs a shower, someone who needs um, help with their property tax exemption clinics, yeah. everything. She truly cares for the community in ways that um, only her wisdom would allow her to, uh, because she steps in on behalf of people um, who have no other advocates. Amen. And we are thankful for that work. Um, we also have served, excuse me one second, mm -hmm. um, 70 children through MACLIT. Um, so Amen. thankful to Elise Hartman Woo! and Marilyn Wethersby. As a result of both of their leadership, we have secured a more strategic partnership with Nichols Elementary. We now partner with SOAR um, to provide tutoring to their classes. Um, everywhere from second to fourth grade, which is an expansion of what we're doing already. And it's truly a, um, a blessing to see the work that they have been doing over the past few years, and them being able to um, track that across grade levels. Amen. And then we have 10 parcels that are currently being maintained. That's a lot of grass cutting, a lot of mm. snow shoveling. So if you feel so inclined, have an extra bag of salt <laughs> you wanna bring by, we would appreciate it. <laughs> Next slide, please. Thank you. Um, and then continuing to connect the dots in 2020. So before Zeke's transition, one of the focuses for 2019 was to connect the dots. We're advancing that mission, specifically um, focusing on strong neighborhoods. So continuing to hear what we need from our community and then rising to the occasion to provide that through our missions work. Um, and then um, the gospel is shared, ensuring that is shared. So I want to um, take a moment to highlight my new general manager, Grace Gray, so she can stand for a moment. Mm -hmm. Amen. I am so thankful for Grace. Mm. Um, she makes coffee sound like a thrill. Um, mm. I'm not sure if anyone has had the opportunity to speak to her, but she got me excited about an espresso machine, and I'm not sure if that's anyone else's um, <laughs> focus area, but I'm thankful for someone who is passionate about coffee as well as passionate about the community. Um, she is a truly gospel-centered woman, Amen. and she makes sure that with every cup that she serves, there's a little bit of um, ministry with it. Amen. And I'm thankful for that as we move forward. Yes. Um, yes. Thriving Mac Avenue, we have seen a lot of <laughs> a lot of um, updates mm -hmm. over the past few months, and I'm thankful for that. St specifically, our parking lot is finished, you all. Um, thank you. Let's go. And I want to give a special shout out to Zeke because literally all I had to do was come in and say, how much is the check? Okay, not a problem. <laughs> so um, he Man. was extremely critical to making sure that development was done. So if you ever come by the comments, um, you don't have to worry about parking on the street anymore. We have a nice paved lot for you all to praise God, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> for you all to use. Um, Healthy Youth, we are Max Sports Program and Max, Max Lit Program now partner with 
um, Meet Up and Eat Up, which is a healthy food service program in the community. So we're able to provide our students with not only the resources of our programs, but sustenance. So they're able to focus on what we're providing to them um, on the back end, which is super important. Um, feeding the mind is only going to go so far if you're not feeding the body. Mm. Next slide, please. Okay, and this is just a continuation of what we've done before. The Mac Ave corridor, corridor plan is still up and running. One of the things that Mac Development is doing right now, we do host all those conversations about the development that is happening in our community. So um, the Department of Parks and Recreations are doing some um, renovations to the park over in on Sylvester and Seaburn. Excuse me, someone's hungry. Um, <laughs> And they host those workshops with us. Mm. They encourage us to bring the community in to talk about what they want out of the parks and how they will spend that money, which is something um, that the city, if you're not familiar with the city, um, has the ability to do what they think is best. So it's really welcoming to know that they are using the commons as the anchor Amen. to hold those conversations. And then the commons, um, they're finished Oh, in the parking lot. So hold on one second. The weather's been a little yucky. But um, we're going to take some nice pictures that we're going to send to you all through the church announcements of what the parking lot looks like right now. We're trying to get our um, landscaping done, which is the last piece. Mm. Um, but after that, you all will be able to see, and I'll show you pictures from when it started and where we are now. So Amen. you'll see that full transition. Amen. Um, affordable housing. So the last part of this, I do want to um, give a special thanks to the Egger family, specifically Mr. Nate Egger, um, he provided a very valuable donation at the end of the year, which is going to kick off um, what our housing program looks like for 2020. So if we can all give him a round of applause. Amen, amen. Um, his continued support of Mac development, especially considering that he was has been here for quite some time and kind of established what um, what Mac Housing's program should look like. He's provided a very detailed step-by-step -step program of what I need to do to get this up and running. So I'm thankful for his expertise in real estate development in more ways than one. Amen. Amen. Okay. Yeah, and then, <laughs> last but finally not least, um, our annual gala will be held on March 27th at the Garden Theater from 6 to 9 p.m. Tickets are available for purchase on the website. Um, we are... One of the focuses for this event is to kind of draw through the narrative that um, God has put on my heart, um, specifically Jeremiah 33 and 3, where the Lord tells us if we call out to him, he will show us marvelous things that are unknown to us. Mm. And I believe that that is what Mac Development has been doing continuously. Mm. Um, many of you do not know what we deal with on a daily basis at Mac Development, but that's because God's continuously filling in that gap. Amen. Um, We've gone through some permitting issues, and we've had warriors on the back end, both seen and unseen, to make sure that we can get through those things. Amen. We've gone through some um, unplanned renovations. Um, <laughs> but thank God that I had a staff who was willing to show up. So it occurred at 3.48 in the morning. By the time I got there, I, I, I had lost my grandmother the night before. And when I got to work the next day, there were so many people. Hmm who were willing and waiting to fill the room to make sure that we were able to fill in that gap and protect the community, make sure that there was some place for my neighbors to come when they woke up that morning, yeah. some place where they could do life, yeah. which is what the commons is supposed to be. And I am Amen. thankful for that in so many more ways than, than you all know. Mm -hmm. um, Amen. And the annual gala is supposed to be an opportunity for us to kind of culminate that message. Um, for those of you who don't know, the theme is Authentic Detroit. Um, Thankful for Ms. Edith for bringing that to us, specifically making sure that um, we highlight the community mm. and all that we are um, doing, making sure that they are the focus of all things. Um, it will be an opportunity for you all to tell your stories to the funders that we have who are present, as well as those who don't necessarily know about all the good about Detroit, and specifically 48214. Amen. Um, and I believe that brings me to the end of my presentation. Mm. Um, but I am just continuously thankful for Mac Development. I look forward to all of the work that we get to do in the community. Um, I'm thankful for my team and all the support that you all bring to me in the prayers of this church. I know that um, it is by faith that I am able to do the work that I do on a regular basis. And Amen. it's because of the prayers that you all submit onto me on my behalf and on behalf of my staff. So I thank you for that continuously. Amen. Thank you for our sister, 
Father, we thank you that, um, yeah, that in the midst of dealing with family stuff, she came on in to try to solve the common stuff. Like, wow. We thank you for her character, heart, and love for what we do in this community. But also, Lord, we want to just pause her title, put CEO aside and all that, and just ask for an extra measure of your grace to be with her as she lost someone she loved. God, allow her family to come together that during this time, that there would be no, no feuding, no fighting, just love. And use, Lord, those who love her to be a support and hold her up during this time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Fam, other thing in there is a church calendar, and we just say point your point you towards um, like when our discipleship retreat is taking place, and uh, a number of other things that we'll keep bringing before you. But just take a look at your calendar and try as best you can to put down some of those things. I think there's only one more thing that I want to make sure I mention, and that is uh, the generosity of this body uh, through tithing and offering. Uh, we are able to give and support some missionaries who are out in the field. Uh, though some of these dynamics may change in the future, uh, we are committed to the, the way in which we support people may change in the future, but we are committed at this stage to the Hermillers, Miguels, and Resorts. And so a little bit later, I, did, I wanted to, I mean, the Resorts are, are fam, and they're going to be on the mission field. I didn't want their message to kind of get lost in the number of things I shared today. So we're gonna bring them up another time. Uh, again, just to share a little bit more clearer some of their vision and how this church cannot continue to celebrate them. But I wanted you to know uh, that you are loving locally as well as encouraging globally, amen? And I, we appreciate your generosity that allows this church to do that. I did it or I forget, okay. All right. With that said, family, two four two. Go back to that for me, James. One time, two four two. Two four two. Two principles. The principal one. Two principles. Love God, love others. Four ways to do that: fellowship, teaching, prayer, evangelism. Two people to invest in during 2020. Let's pray, family. God, we are grateful and we thank you. <laughs> I thank you for these amazing people. Allow us to live out your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.